Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in Google Play today. The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday right here at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can quarter the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. Well, first up, an article from Catherine Taylor. This was uh, from, uh, oh gosh, probably about a week and a half or so ago on social media insights, uh, takeaways from the New York Times Innovation Report. So you may have heard about the, what's been going on at the New York Times. Um, they had a 91-page innovation report that looked at de-emphasizing print in favor of a more sophisticated approach to digital. And then what happened was executive editor Jill Abramson uh, was shown the door. Uh, the report pointed to the Times, quote-unquote, lackluster scattershot approach to digital innovation, particularly an audience development and imperative, which so much content and readership comes from the act of sharing, which is kind of interesting. Those of us who look at digital and, and transitioning to digital were probably focused quite a bit on that innovation report. Some of those key takeaways came out in Christina's article, which I thought would be interesting to share with you today. One was to be prepared to kill the sacred cow. So as you know, the Times, a huge, massive uh, publication. Well, the report was talking about how much time and emotional energy was still focused on page one. And really, only about a third of online readers ever even access the home page. So that's kind of interesting. You do have to be able to walk away from those quote-unquote sacred cows that may be holding you back from real communication priorities. The other is don't let the big digital picture suffer because of day-to-day concerns. The report also called out that multiple refrains on the inherent day-to-dayness of working at a news organization inhibits long-term thinking, which of course can mean that you're not really adapting to technological change. Being a former uh, journalist myself, I can tell you the day-to-day in a newsroom becomes overwhelming, and having a long-term vision can be challenging. Uh, Look at the posting of each piece of content as a beginning, not as an end, which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, the point is the news becomes public, and then there's all kinds of content that can be generated from that, and lots of reaction from the public from that as well. It becomes more of a two-way communication than a one-way communication. And then there's other ways to drive content. You know, content is king these days. Content distribution, I would say, is queen. So, you know, how do 
do, you get the information out. So um, that's something to keep in mind. And then um, no organization stands alone. There's lots of ways to look across the board at your competitors and try to understand how they've succeeded, how they have failed, and try to learn from those. So anyway, thought it was kind of interesting as more and more entities are going digital. You know, doing it the right way is an imperative. Doing it the wrong way gets you into a, a world of hot water. So just uh, take a note from the New York Times. Our purse profile today is a target trendsetter. There's more than 9 million of these women out there. These are moms. Yes, moms who shop at Target. Imagine that. Median income of about 90K, median age of about 40. A quarter of them are college grads. Or, excuse me, uh, three three fourths of them are college grads. A quarter of them are homemakers. They consider themselves hopeful, very hopeful, very happy with their lives. They see themselves as optimist, and how they spend their time, they say, is more important than how they spend their money. They put their family first, as you would imagine, allowing their kids to, um, you know, kind of have a little sway with how the household funds are spent. They like to indulge their kids with a little extras. Um, they do shop a lot. Even the act of shopping is fun for them, even if they don't make a purchase. They like to switch things up with styles and fashions, and they will change up brands just for the fun of it. They are seeking out deals, and that's why brand is not as important to them. They shop at stores locally. They won't drive a long way to shop, and they hit the clearance rack whenever they can. Coupons will draw them into stores where they don't shop, and they are always looking for that bargain. They do consider themselves to be an extremely informed shopper. Um, you know, money management continues to be a struggle for them. I think it's probably a struggle for many of us. And they even say they're not very good at saving money, although they do know that they need to save more and they don't like the idea of being in debt. So how do you connect with the target trendsetter if you're a marketer? Well, she's reading a ton of parenting magazines, as you would imagine, along with women-focused publications like Real Simple and Red Book. She's into her home, so she's reading a lot of those home and shelter publications as, as well. She's online a lot with her own children. So you can intersect uh, with her at Disney and uh, uh, Nickelodeon as well as uh, news, news programming online like CBS, MSNBC. Um, she's um, online and also intersecting with a lot of bloggers as well. She's reading a lot of blogs. Good way to reach her. My guest today um, knows a lot about reaching passionate consumers. Christine Barney is the CEO and managing partner of RBB PR. It's a four-time National Agency of the Year winner. She oversees pretty much everything there at RBB PR, um, including the development of client programs. Um, she's worked with many household names, um, as you can imagine, um, including Duncan Hines and Florida Power and Light Company. Um, she's Gosh, RBB is the only Florida firm to reach to win every major industry award. So congratulations to her on that. The reason she's on the program today, besides being a leader in her field, is she's the author of a book called The Breakout Brand Strategy, an evolutionary approach to creating customer passion. Um, RBB recently unveiled a white paper and a national research study identifying those breakout brands. And uh, I'm excited to be able to talk to Christine today about the brands that made that list and why. So stick around. More Purse Strings returns after the break. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. 
Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. Conversion Conference makes its way back to Chicago, June 17th through the 19th. Register now at ConversionConference.com. Hi, this is Tim Ash, host of LPO. Our last show of 2014 is coming up in Chicago. It's going to be our biggest Chicago show. And for my loyal webmaster radio listeners, use promo code WMFM for $100 off. We'll see you in Chicago. Remember to listen to Tim Ash Mondays on WebmasterRadio.fm for landing page optimization. For the latest details, on Conversion Conference. Register for Conversion Conference Chicago now at conversionconference.com. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. The Hook with Katie Kempner. On demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. I'm talking today with Christine Barney, the CEO and managing partner of RBB PR, a four-time National Agency of the Year winner. Christine's the author of The Breakout Brand Strategy, an evolutionary approach to creating customer passion. RBB recently unveiled the white paper in a national research study identifying those breakout brands that, as they say, fuel customer engagement, develop ambassadors, and recognize the value of emotional connections. And I'm thrilled to have Christine on the program today. Welcome. Thank you very much, Maria. Happy to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on. Before we jump into the white paper and research study, tell everybody about the great work that you do at RBBPR, your areas of focus and expertise, and some of those great clients I know you're serving. Sure. Uh, RBB is the champion of breakout brands. Uh, we work on inspiring companies to give them insights to create customer passion and increase sales. And we work on media relations, corporate counsel, product introductions, digital media, content creation, and results in analytics throughout a variety of practice areas, including consumer products, travel, health, sports, and entertainment, uh, B2B, and higher education. And the kinds of clients we represent include uh, DHL Express, Mrs. Butterworth, Disney on Ice, uh, Bank of America, Cleveland Clinic, and Kaplan University. 
Oh, Disney on Ice, I'm very jealous. My my fourth grader would love Disney on Ice. That's great. Well, I know you you know, you definitely are an expert in what you do. Like I mentioned before, you're the author of the book The Breakout Brand Strategy. The white paper and national research studies focused on those breakout brands. And I'm curious what led you to undertake what I have to imagine is a pretty immense project originally and now what is in its second year. This is the second year we've been doing the the breakup brand national research. We've done three consumer insight national studies to try and understand uh, how consumers are changing their opinions about the relationships they want to have with brands because over the years we've seen that the ideas that companies have been using to market to consumers have really need to be updated because of the change in the marketplace. You know, as you were speaking earlier, the change in digital, the change in being able to really splinter communications to target audiences by uh, so many different ways. The social media, the, you know, Gen Y, millennials, uh, what's driving purchases as those factors of driving purchases have changed have really meant that consumers who want to have a relationship with brands are not having the same kind of relationships they did uh, 20, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm, absolutely right. And the 10 brands that you identified for 2013, I'm assuming, are ones that have kind of reinvigorated or reinvented the way they are connecting with consumers. So how, what do you consider at its basis a breakout brand? How do you define that? A breakout brand is a brand that first and foremost puts the customer first. You know, if you remember years ago, the old-fashioned slogans that used to say, you know, we're number two, we try harder, that mm-hmm. was challenger marketing. It was, you know, Coke and Pepsi challenge. It was always comparing yourself to the market leader and trying to say where you were better. It would start with things like new and improved. Most consumers today don't care about new and improved or what you are compared to others. They want to know what you're going to do for me. So you have to put the customer first for as the first element of being a breakout brand. The second element is to create the future. Really, people want to know that you are thinking about them and their future needs, not just what you can do for them today. Groundbreaking ways to to meet their needs, for example. You know, if you had said 10 years ago that I'd be sharing what I did for breakfast with uh, the world, I would have called you a liar, but people do it on Facebook every day. And no, you couldn't have put 10 people in a room and said, do you want something like Facebook? They wouldn't have been able to identify it, but they would have said, yes, I would love to find a way to connect with people, to find ways to talk to them. I haven't had a chance to see on a regular basis. So creating the future is the second. And the third is communicating in a way that is real and genuine. People are tired of claims that they can't believe. In fact, one of the research studies that we did this year said that 8 out of 10 consumers don't believe most claims that companies make, especially as it relates to customer service and the customer experience matching what the the companies claim. So if, if these brands that we've identified as the top 10 were what consumers felt were the brands who really did those three things, put them first, identified their needs, and communicated to them in a genuine manner. Mm-hmm. Well, and just looking at your list, I would agree. It's Apple, Amazon.com, Samsung, Walmart, Chick-fil-A, which, by the way, is my personal favorite, uh, Google, uh, Sony, uh, Sony, Starbucks, Microsoft, Zappos. I mean, all of them are known for being an exceptional company for one reason or the other. How does the size or age of the company influence whether your brand is a breakout brand or not? Well, the tenets of a breakout brand work for companies of any size and age. And in fact, one of the things that we spent quite a bit of time on was looking at whether or not you're an established brand, which, you know, the big brands like the difference between the success of a company like IBM versus a company like Polaroid that, you know, both had similar types of challenges of staying relevant to consumers. 
One did well, one didn't. You look at emerging brands. You know, those are the brands like Pinterest or Pop Chips. You know, they have challenges because they have to survive the growth path. They also have the benefit of not having legacy issues. And then you have the brands in the middle, what I call engaged brands. These are brands that might be in the top five of their category. They want to break out of the pack. Uh, they have uh, the ability to perhaps identify consumers in specific target audiences. They've distinguished themselves. And they are really looking to be market leaders in growing segments. So depending on really your size or your age, you can be a breakout brand in a lot of different ways. The key is recognizing that those three tenants that I described earlier are irrelevant of size. You know, so you're a big company, that means you have more budget, but you'll have more legacy issues. So you have to balance those two and say, how can we achieve those three objectives given our current circumstances? And I think a company of any size, it's really more of a culture change and a business strategy to say, if we follow the tenants based on current market conditions, you know, consumers have really changed. 83% of consumers say they would pay more for a product or service from a company they feel puts them first. And 20% of them say they would pay 50% or more. Now, we've seen that in the people who line up, you know, for the next Apple product. So we definitely know that you can see it at the cash register. So there's a business benefit. This is not just an intangible uh, idea of companies that says this is the way we should market because it's the right thing to do. There really is a business strategy that says what is a consumer connection worth? We've also seen it on the other side in terms of when you do it badly. We have been able to identify that some upwards of $78 million in business annually gets lost because consumers avoid transactions. They leave things in the shopping cart. You know, and it's funny because I was listening to you talk about the target consumer. I have seen people, you know, sitting at a conference say, oh, I want to buy this dress online. And the person sitting next to them will say, oh, that's really cute. Love that dress. But don't buy it from them. They won't send you free shipping. Buy it from this mm -hmm. one because it's better and the customer experience is better. So that shopping cart gets abandoned. That company loses the purchase and they buy it from somebody else. So similar to what you had found, we found 59% of people are willing to try a new brand or service for a better customer service experience. And when you have numbers like that, it's important that companies recognize that the, the bold new consumer, the new now, has really changed the way customers expect you to behave and the relationship they want to have with you. Oh, exactly, and it, it has changed dramatically. And in fact, so many customers today want it to be instantaneous as well. I'm just curious, you know, you talk about changing consumer expectations, but now when consumers are upset, they go direct in lots of different ways. There's lots of different ways to go direct to a company these days. Um, do you feel like that it's having that instantaneous expectation is something that companies can say, yeah, I can live in that world, I can live in that instantaneous world, or do you think that that's really becoming more of a challenge for, for companies to act that quickly to resolve consumer issues? I think that's still a challenge for a lot of companies. Uh, we definitely have seen when we did research that said, you know, 59% of those in our surveys have said that they expect a resolution immediately. 
you know, they post something uh, online or send an email or by phone, they really do expect an immediate answer. And in fact, we found that only half of them are actually satisfied with the response that they get. They're more, more of them get happy when they do email or chat, and strangely enough, it gets lower uh, by phone, it gets lower even by letter, and that's probably because, as I said, that bold new consumer wants an immediate answer. And so from the time they push the button, they're really expecting that you're already acting. And, and many companies are still a little bit challenged with how to respond quickly and what the right response should be. Because remember, you know, the, the idea is not just to respond. Uh, you know, that's why you get a lot of these emails that say, we've gotten your concern, thank you very much, and someone will get back to you. Because at least you know that they heard you. Right. Some, for, for many people, that's half the battle. But then how they treat you thereafter is super important. 54% of the people in our surveys will post reviews of the experience they had with you. And the majority of those reviews will be read by others and considered when making purchase decisions. So the, the ripple effect, again, in that, that new consumer who is not just listening to the brand, who is also not just listening to third parties like traditional media, but is listening to peers and maybe even peers they've never met, uh, review sites, bloggers, have such a strong impact now in the dialogue like never before. If, if you were looking at it from, you know, an old communication model, if it was a triangle with the brand at the top and they communicate messages downward through influencers, through peers, you know, to the bottom, the customers were on the bottom. What I like to think of it as circles. You know, the customers are in the middle and like osmosis all around them. There are peers, there are word of mouth influencers, and then the brand has got to penetrate through all those layers in and out. And like you were talking about with um, your New York Times comment, mm -hmm. it has to be two-way communication. Because if you're just talking down and the, that channel of information isn't coming back up, you don't really know if you formed an emotional connection with that customer. You don't really know if they're happy or not. And it's important yeah. for you to understand if you're communication, remember that third tenet of breakout brands, is actually being perceived as mm -hmm. genuine and making mm -hmm. a, a good customer experience as opposed to a negative customer experience. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break, Christine, and we come back. I do want to talk about um, how do you turn that around? If you've already got kind of that poor customer experience happening, is it possible to turn that around? And then you talked before about claims and how that's really not holding water. But let's say you really do have some solid claims. What should you be doing with that? So more from Christine Barney when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. 
Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. On demand anytime inside the entertainment channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. I've been chatting today with Christine Barney, CEO and managing partner of RBBPR. She's the author of the book, The Breakout Brand Strategy, an evolutionary approach to creating customer passion. And we've been talking about the tenants in the white paper and national research study that identified those breakout brands, what made them breakout brands. And these are all brands we know and love, Apple, Amazon, Samsung, Walmart, Chick-fil-A, Google, Sunny, Starbucks, um, Sony, Starbucks, Microsoft, and Zappos. And those of us probably have some personal favorites in there. But Christine was talking about three tenants that made them all break out brands. But the very first one, I think it all starts with putting the customer first. And we know especially some of those on the list get lots of applause and praise for doing exactly that. And um, Christine, you know, before a little bit earlier, you were talking about so many of those that you researched said that they just really didn't believe corporate claims. They didn't think that those claims held water at all, especially when it comes to service claims. Um, is that because so many have claimed to do it well and they have just failed over and over? Or, I mean, let's say um, you do believe you have strong service. Is it still okay to throw that out there that you, and, and but you have to back it up, right? Right. I mean, I think the difference is, is that, you know, companies often feel like they have to say certain things about their service, right? And we've all seen for example, you know, companies that will say, you know, we're very service-oriented, but then you go on a website, try and find a phone number to talk to someone, try and find a live chat, not there, and you can only fill out a form. And so you as a consumer immediately feel like that service claim isn't, you don't really walk the walk. You're not really living up to my expectation of service, which is personal. If we remember how the marketplace has changed, what I said earlier, people demand features such as personalization, immediacy. You know, they really expect that a brand is going to know them as an individual. And especially with younger Gen Y and millennials, they've been taught that their opinions are equal and it's very difficult to wow them. Think about the brands who do this right, where you go online and it already remembers what your last 10 purchases were and what you might like, and then you go to another brand who you ask a question and they don't answer you or they don't even have a mechanism for you to answer. You have a list of FAQ that they send you to. Are you going to stand for that? Probably not because there are people out there doing it right. And that's why more and more people will shy away from brands because there are some folks out there doing it correctly. And in this new economy as well, people don't just say it quietly. You know, our research showed that 88% of consumers will speak up you know, they share with their friends and family more so than they ever did before. Uh, I went to this website and it was terrible. Or I tried to buy from this store and they didn't know that I'm a big online shopper. They didn't recognize me as a VIP customer when I walked into the retail outlet. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. and, and customers, customers expect that a brand will know them in, in their total uh, way they interact with a brand. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what makes a difference for for people to lack the claims is that if they don't experience it, they immediately, you know, can go somewhere else because there's so many more choices today. And as I said, I think I I gave the wrong stat earlier is that it's 
$83 billion lost by U.S. enterprises each year from defections and abandoned purchases because of people who move to different brands or just decide not to purchase because they've heard from someone or have decided that, you know, based on the feedback or the reviews that they read, that the customer experience is not going to match. We've all seen that. We've all mm-hmm. gone on to a, someplace uh, and, and looked at a book, and then you read the reviews and go, oh, I don't think I want to order that now. Exactly. You know, or, and it absolutely changes your mind. And, and as I said when we talked earlier about the statistics that show when you reach out to a customer uh, representative organization and they don't respond the way you expect them to quickly and to recognize what you want, and most people don't even expect necessarily that you're going to, you know, give them a free product. They want to know that you heard. They want to know that you can do something to um, ease their concerns and that you're going to give them a, a pleasurable shopping experience going forward. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think people just want to be heard. You can take a bad experience and turn it into good. And, I, and I've seen examples of customers who at first didn't have the best experience, but then the company overserved them and made them delighted. And that can, that can turn it around too, as long as you're not always doing that. You know, if you've learned from your mistakes right. as a company, that number you put out there of, of sales loss is, is huge. I mean, y- you would think that, that that number alone would cause a lot of companies to sit up and, and take notice. I mean, that's what happens when you don't put the customer First. So do you feel like a lot of those breakout brands on your list have always gotten that right and that's why they're there or do you think they've kind of learned to put the customer first? Is that the core I think of many DNA? Of the, I think part of it is in their DNA. Part of it is because there were several of the breakout brands that are on here when you look at uh, the mix, you know, were disruptors in their category. You know, like if I pick Zappos, you know, they were the first to really push forth that, you know, the, the really live the customer was always right, you know, delivering happiness and free shipping and all of that. They were really trying to show that they were all about the customer. And I think that, you know, people see that. You know, with with, with Starbucks, you know, they may, um, they have uh, the, the statistics that show that they get 20% more visits per month than, say, like a Dunkin' Donuts, even though Dunkin' Donuts may be the bulk leader, and a 29% higher average monthly spend. Why does a customer who comes into a Starbucks spend more and come more? Because somehow they feel like that brand is, is more personal. And is it just because they write your name on the cup? Is it because oftentimes the barista will actually know your order before you order it mm-hmm. because they've recognized you and they've gotten to know you? And people tell those stories. And then you have the, the big traditional companies. And when you look at, you know, a, a company like a Walmart or a Costco, what you were talking about earlier was Target. They know what their target customers want. You know, not everybody wants the same relationship with a brand. Mm-hmm. But they want to know that you recognize what their needs are and you're delivering it to them. And I think those stories where a brand can actually take a negative experience and turn it around are some of the most, end up with some of the most powerful brand advocates ever. You're right, it can't happen every day. But for brands to admit, at times, we don't always do it right. But when we make a mistake, we'll fix it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's that genuine. It's like you would expect to interact with your neighborhood local store. Yeah. If you knew the owner of the store, you want to have that same personal relationship with the brands that you do business with. And you expect mm-hmm. them to know who you are and to do right by you. 
Mm-hmm. It is. It's almost like having that old-fashioned face-to-face relationship that back in the day, everybody knew you. You were always in the store. They knew you by name. They knew about your family. It's now virtual, but it's kind of the same thing. It's really having that same relationship and, and being in relationship, not just being transactional, I think, is what you're trying to say. Right. And, yeah. Well, Christine, thank you for being on a, a really fascinating white paper and study and a lot that many, many brands can learn from the brands that are making the list. Uh, clearly, they're on the list for a reason. They're some of the most popular brands in the U.S. for that very reason. And uh, thank you for doing the study and sharing it with sure. us today. And the studies are downloadable. If you go to rbbpr.com, there's a link right on the homepage where you can download all three of the studies for free of charge. Fabulous. That's right. RBBPR.com. Check it out. And Christine, thank you. To my producer, George, thank you as well. And join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.